Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's What's It Like podcast with Stacy and Emily. I'm Stacy, And I'm Emily. Welcome back. Happy to have you guys here. Today, we have Lindsay Lowy, who is a mental health counselor. Good job. And she's, I know, I'm looking at her (laughs) business card just because I want to make sure. She actually specializes in mental health and substance abuse. She's a counselor. Her office is in Ripon, and she was on the podcast, you guys, talking about Actually, meant, she called it mental wellness a lot, which I loved. Yeah, it was kind of cool. She's not like a quick to want to give somebody a diagnose and move on. She's more of like a let's um, get to the root of things and mm-hmm. let's talk about things before we're in a crisis area. And she was awesome. She was really awesome. And she really destigmatized a lot of, I think, preconceived notions about seeking help for mental health. For sure. And what I love about her too, and you guys will hear about it, is she's super passionate about mental health in our youth. Yeah. And she works with youth and has just, she had a bunch of insight. I mean, I think you and I both were like, oh, we could use you. To, could you speak into this child of mine? Absolutely. Could you speak into this? And Absolutely. In fact, I told my kids when they got home from school, I'm like, you guys, I think we need to have a Potter Family Mental Health is. Year of 2020 where we all talk to a counselor and my kids look at me like I have, you know, <laughs> cross eyes, but I'm, I, I'm convinced it would be good for us. I love it. I totally love it. Well, I went straight from here to an appointment with my son, Isaac, and was like, um, so we'll be taking away your phone <laughs> and you and I will be talking about more, um, deep issues. Yes. And he was like, oh, geez, mom. Well, cause he may be a stuffer. We realized, Correct. right? Which he admitted to me in oh. the car. He was like, yeah, why not stuff it? Why would you talk about it if you could stuff it? And I was like, oh. That's awesome. Yep. Um, I think this podcast is going to be helpful to a lot of listeners out there. Actually, anyone would benefit from listening listening to Lindsay um, talk about different challenges youth are facing now, the ways as parents we can help them, um, mm-hmm. things that we can look at in our own lives to examine. Yep. And I think too, like I have friends with bipolar. I have friends with um, depression. Pr- depression. I have friends with diagnosed anxiety. Yep. It's not. It's not just like the one or two people around anymore. We all have some. Yes. I personally like love counseling and mm-hmm. think that everybody should be in counseling. And so it was just a really great conversation. Good for everyone. A lot to chew on. I'd yes. say. I agree. So please take a listen to Lindsay. Prior to launching into that, though, you guys, we have something really exciting to share. Super fun. What's It Like podcast has our very first sponsor. What's up? Yep. Ragoni Bakery. You guys may recall we did a podcast with Rob Ragoni, who's a friend of ours. He talked a lot about his parents' bakery, Ragoni's Bakery, up in the UP. I have been the lucky recipient of some of the pasties that they make, which is this amazing... um, kind of a baked dinner it's a fluffy pastry on the outside inside is potatoes and onions and ground beef and it's wholesome and hearty and like just comfort food yes yeah. it's the spot they do that they do cookies they, it's just amazing my husband lauren was just up in the up with rob recently and sampled a bunch of stuff and was raving about it awesome so we are thrilled to be able to talk about Ragoni Bakery on this podcast and to offer a 10% off discount code to all of our What's It Like listeners. Amazing. You guys can go online to Rigoni, R-I-G-O-N-I, bakery.com, order what you would like. They have, I'm just looking at it right now, Stace. They've got traditional pasties. Pasties? Pasties. What is They're it? They're called pasties. Okay. Pasties are what people put on their... Who, who boobies? Nipples. Okay. 
Oh, sorry, Rigoni Bakery. We're ruining your <laughs> Pasties. little ad. Pasties. They have got traditional ones. They have breakfast ones. They have Cornish ones. And um, kind of fun little teaser. They are going to have some Christmas treats coming up. So we'll talk about the Christmas treats maybe next week. Yes. So super fun. Friends, if you go on their website and you order, there will be a spot for a promo code. And if you put in W-I-L for what's it like, mm-hmm. you will get 10% off. And uh, then they'll sponsor our podcast. It's so, so fun to be We're a partnership. We're really excited about it. Yep. So thanks, Rob and Ragoni Bakery. We hope um, our listeners enjoy the goodies from there too, you guys. So for sure. check it out. And please um, hope you enjoy this podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thanks so much for joining us. We're excited to have you yeah, on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we've been getting lots of requests, actually, to talk about mental health on the podcast. And so Stacy was like, ding, ding, ding. I know somebody we can ask. Yeah. So Stace, how did you tell us about how you even thought of Lindsay? Well, Lindsay and I are on uh, um, the Oshkosh for Education board together. So I met her there. And we had all had to go around and say what we were doing. And actually, at the time, I was kind of swirling around the possibility of going back and getting a master's in Mm -hmm. something like this, Mm because that feels like something I'd really be excited about doing. And I have that interest has since waned, because I don't want to go back to school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but you are kind of doing a form of, you know, mental health and wellness by yes. doing this. So you're doing a great job without having to go back to school. Thank you. Yeah, this has actually totally satisfied that need in me to like be relational, mm-hmm. connect with people, yes. have tough conversations or good conversations. Yes, this has completely, this podcast has done that, which is nice. So yeah. awesome. Um, anyway, Lindsay is super likable, friendly, adorable. adorable. She has a great yeah, dog, geez. Griffin, who Griffin. comes to, it's really funny. I was telling Emily, Griffin is her therapy dog. Therapy dog. Mm-hmm. He's giant. He's a, Standard size golden doodle. Yeah. So cute. He's so cute. And he will be at these Ashkosh for Education board meetings with professionals from all over our community come to this meeting. And someone could be in the middle of talking or presenting and Griffin will just kind of wander around the room and he'll choose someone to sit by for a while. And I don't even know if people realize it, but automatically their hands will start going down and brushing his coat. And it's just soothing. Yes. So I'm guessing that's the reason behind a therapy Griffin. dog. Yeah. And um, Griffin, too, a lot of people love to have dogs, but really what they're doing by having a dog is they're taking care of their own mental health, too. Dogs naturally help um, calm the nervous system mm-hmm. and stabilize the nervous system. Hmm. It also helps reduce blood pressure, hmm. reduce the amount of cortisol, which is our stress chemical in our brain. Okay. It helps reduce all of that. Just any dog. Any dog. Got it. Um, really a lot of animals, which I think is why the whole idea of um, an emotional support animal. Yeah. yeah came along, but dogs especially. Also, one of the important things about Griffin is he reads energy. Yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of dogs read energies. And so um, he'll go to somebody or he'll go to a client um, who's maybe worked up or having a hard time, uh-huh. and he'll immediately help calm them down and keep them he grounded. He just picks up on it and his presence just takes it down a notch. Yes. That's, that's amazing. amazing. Is that because he's trained that way or? I think it's a combination okay. of both. I think part of it is that he's a dog. Yeah. yeah. Another part of it is his breed. And then mm. part of it is just him. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. I always say he's 10 times a better therapist than I am. <laughs> that's amazing. So one, one really cool story I'd like to share with you guys about yeah. the importance of Griffin. Yeah. Um, we t- go into the school districts. So we were in a school district and this 
child was not my client, but he's an emotional behavioral. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's really segregated a lot. Mm-hmm. And we can usually hear him having meltdowns or outbursts. And we'll be in our office um, down in the library, and this child is at the way other end of the school. Mm-hmm. He's so loud you can hear Right, okay. so loud. So Griffin and I will get up if I'm not in session. And yep. all I do is I walk Griffin down there, and we go into the room. I sit on the floor. And Griffin just kind of wanders around and the child will come over to Griffin and spend time with him. And it really only takes about five to 10 minutes. Really? Mm -hmm. And his behavior is immediately regulated. Uh And every time we've done that, he has been able to get back to his work without direction from the teacher and keep moving on with his day and then go to all of his regular ed classes. So... It's really that's, the idea the idea of co-regulation yes. is really important and that's what Griffin does. He provides a really calm, really low vibration huh. that helps the nervous system. I don't think I know what co-regulation means. Sure, co-regulation means like you're calm right now. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm incredibly nervous about uh-huh. being on this podcast, mm-hmm. your calm demeanor is helping okay. me calm down. Got okay. it. So, co-regulation Whereas if I, I, that actually really resonates with me because I feed off of energy too. Like just this morning, my husband, he's just ampy right now. He feels like there's a lot of things on his plate and we were going to go work out together. And I was like, I'm going to pass because (laughs) I just feel like you're about to burst and I feel on edge now too. Like you can feed off each other negatively like that too. And I'm like, I think we just need some space. So I resonate with that. And that must be why I'll sometimes be home with Cyclone and, um, who is also a golden doodle. And I will find like, if I actually am sitting down for any extended period of time, which is rare that if he, he finds <laughs> me and it is really soothing. And there's been times where I'm not much of a napper, but if I have him by me, I feel yes. like I relax enough where I could possibly even kind of tip over and sleep for a little while. So do you think Sai picks up on when you're, you need a rest? Perhaps. Potentially. Yeah. Perhaps. And every single night, like clockwork, when I lay in bed to read, he'll come up by me. We have a little routine and he <laughs> lays by me. I pet him as I'm reading until I no longer can hold my book with one hand and yes. then I'm done. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it's just, I, I completely resonate with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, dogs, amazing. Yeah. Well, Griffin doesn't wear that special service dog thing or does he when he's he does so when he's in the schools um or when he's in public i Mm -hmm. put it on him but when he just comes to my office or like in this scenario i don't put it on okay griffin and cyclone are currently playing in the backyard together yes Yes. running around having a blast (laughs) (laughs) so why don't you um just tell everybody your exact title and kind of what your job is in the oshkosh area sure um so Lindsay lowey and my official licensure is a psychotherapist so i'm duly licensed which means i can treat mental health and substance use okay okay. yep so um under my license through the state of wisconsin i can diagnose i can treatment plan i can actually treat and then i can discharge or refer out okay Okay. you do not prescribe medication i do not okay no nope i do not prescribe medication um and to have a do you have to have a phd to do medication psychiatry psychiatry Psychiatry. okay yep so 
so the kind of steps are there's the master's level, which mm-hmm. is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And then there's a psychologist, so a PhD or a PsyD. Okay. And they do a lot of um, testing. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of, you know, school psychologists do the testing. And then there's a psychiatrist and they really focus on the medication management portion. Okay. Got it. I have some mental health people in my family. My dad was a school psychologist for a bunch of his career. Awesome. He became a principal later. but um, And then my brother is a clinical psychologist. At a mental hospital. Yes. And his wife is a social worker that works with mental oh, health. Oh, that's so awesome. It is awesome, except for there's a lot of um, expert opinions around sometimes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, they're all awesome. But yeah. especially when we had kids and my brother didn't have kids, no, never ever mean about it. But it was like they had all the theories and all the right answers. Yes. So when they started having kids, I was like, yes, they're going to find out that it doesn't always fit in the book. Yeah, so exactly. Funny. They're not, they were never judgmental and mean. I should say that in case they listen, which they probably won't, but in case they do, <laughs> yeah, they never were mean about it, but it is, it's a different when you have the mental uh, the education about it. Well, and well, it's right. interesting too, because even people that you meet in public, mm-hmm. um, you know, like when we were building our house, our contract was like, oh, I better be careful what I say. Right. And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> I'm not constantly analyzing people. Right. Yes. Right. I have but, an eye twitch today. Did you notice it? Did right. you like, <laughs> what's going on with me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is true, actually. I do have an eye twitch today. I don't know what that's about. Maybe I, you can tell me. That is weird. That sometimes happens to me, too. Yeah. But I didn't think you were analyzing me. But I bet. But I bet Anyways, there is something happen. to it where you, because you know enough and you're so dialed into that aspect of people's health, do you find that has there been circumstances in your life outside of working, like when you're professionally treating someone where you have gotten to know someone well enough where you are whispering to your husband later on like, okay, that one, a little <laughs> bit per- personality disorder going on over there. Uh, <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> yep. And my husband usually rolls his eyes, oh, you know, because he's yeah. like, oh, my, stop diagnosing me. You know, yes. I'm like, I'm, I'm not. Right. So it also makes it hard, though, too, right? Because I have kids and Mm -hmm. I work with kids so often that I'm I'm constantly on edge about, oh, okay, Uh what does this mean? What does this behavior mean? What is happening here? I'm trying to always kind of get to the bottom when really they're just being a nine-year-old. That's right. And sometimes that's all it is. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, you know, it's interesting, too, having that kind of parent dynamic with the background. Yeah. We have, we have interns and sometimes we have interns, you know, they're in their education and they're learning about mandatory reporting and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so these behaviors, they're like, we need to report this. Mm -hmm. Is this reportable? And then I'm trying to think to my own family, I'm like, I'm pretty sure my kids would do the same thing. Right. Oh no. (laughs) You know, so it's it's yeah. a it's a tough balance sometimes for sure oh, for sure. So you were saying that you you do have an office mm-hmm. that you can see patients and treat patients. Yes, but then you're also in the schools. Yes. Okay. So we um our our business is called Collaborative Wellness. Okay. And it started um eight years ago with two of us okay. that we left Green Lake County. We were both working at the county level, mm-hmm. and um really needed to do something different. Um, because of the way that the county was treating patients and big systems, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And so we left and we opened shop. And eight years later, we have um, six full-time therapists. Oh, that's wow. awesome. And two interns and then an undergraduate intern. Wow. So we all kind of do our own scheduling, okay. which works really well. 
and we're in four different school districts. So we have a clinic in Ripon. Mm, okay. And then we are in Waupon, Ripon, Omro, and Winnicani school districts. Okay. So like, a, do you get a contract from them or is you just, ref- yeah, how does that work? So we have a memorandum of understanding, an MOU, which okay. basically just means, um, they know that we're coming in yeah. and what our purpose is, yeah. and they have to adhere to all of the same requirements by HIPAA and privacy practices that we do. Okay. They just provide us with a space. Okay. So it's nice. Um, it, it's basically taking the outpatient model yeah. yep. and just going to them. Uh-huh. instead of them coming to us. So how do you get a kid to come to you? A teacher refers them or a, um, a teacher can, or usually a couple of times throughout the year, the school districts will kind of blast an email out with mm-hmm. our welcome letter, introducing who we are and what we do. Okay. And then the parent can sign up oh, or they, they request have it. Yep. They so can request you, it. Are you paid by the school district or by the no, families? We are paid by the insurance or the families. I love that model oh. actually. Yes. So, so it's kind of, I, I'm coming to find that it's a misconception because a lot of school districts are like, how are we going to afford Mm -hmm. these mental health providers? We have to, and then they go for these grants and then they don't get them Mm -hmm. when really, um, when people genuinely just want to help, they'll find a way. Mm -hmm. And so we don't charge the district anything. Okay. It's, it's strictly, you know, through insurance or private pay. We just go to them. So got it. So if I have a kiddo at, middle school who Mm -hmm. I think maybe would benefit from speaking to a therapist Mm -hmm. instead of me taking time after school to drive them to your Ripon clinic or during school or during school they could we could arrange something where they could they'll get pulled out of class or what yep yeah yeah that's ridiculously amazing yeah so I'm in the districts three days a week so um two days a week I'm in Omro Mm -hmm. and then one day a week I'm over in Winnicani okay and so we've got three therapists that are in Winnicani we've got four therapists that are in Omro all of us at some point are in Ripon because we're right there so we just you know pop over to the school but it's great because especially people from this area yeah it's an hour yeah just in commuting yes. to get oh, to us. Absolutely. So you're not only taking time out of your work day right. and your child out mm-hmm. for an hour of just commute, but then you've got a 45 minute to an hour session on top of right. it. Right. So, you know, we're really trying to work with districts to it. promote this so that we can meet the needs a lot better and more efficiently. So let me ask you this from a kid's perspective. You know, I have a son who has some, um, he, my son, Olivier, he was born in Haiti. He's, he gets some assistance with different aspects of his education where he'll be pulled out of class, for instance, for speech. Mm -hmm. Is that what this looks like at that level? So, because I do think there's still, as much as we wish there wasn't a stigma about mental health, I still wonder, especially at the middle school and high school school. level, Mm -hmm. how do you guys navigate that? So kids aren't pulled out and everyone's like, oh, he's going down to talk to the shrink or something. Right, right. Right. Um, well, we really leave it up to them. So okay. um, if they don't want to see us in the school, parents are usually really accommodating and we'll bring them to our office. Okay. But what we have found is that actually creates more of the stigma. Mm-hmm. Oh. And and then we have a real conversation about stigma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really try to encourage the kids to think about, listen, you're helping break the stigma yeah. around mental health. Mm-hmm. Um and when kids are called down, they're just they're the front office calls their teacher and yep. says, "Can you send so and so down to the library or okay. to the office?" And then they do. So they don't say, "Can you send them down for their appointment with Lindsay?" Right. Yeah. They just kind of get 
pulled out. And then we work with the kid too. If there's um, a class they really don't want to miss or maybe a class that's a little more gossipy. Yeah. We won't pull them during that hour. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. So the kid kind of helps narrate that. Yes. Yes. Which I think is really important because they're advocating for themselves Mm -hmm. and then they're more engaged Mm -hmm. in their treatment and in their therapy. If they're, yeah, if they're feeling bought into it, then yes. they're going to actually engage with you different. Yes. And what a testament if there's a student or hopefully it'd be lots of students who would be like, yeah, I'm just going to go down and have a conversation with Lindsay, my therapist, and I'm going to mm-hmm. go pet Griffin for a while. I just feel like I need to talk to someone. And that and is what happens are- a lot at the elementary level, yes. which is amazing. The yeah. elementary kiddos are so like... It's different understanding and the ease, right? Yes. It's, it's probably almost the, looked at as like, yet. oh my gosh, you're so lucky. You get yeah. to go talk to Lindsay and have... and cuddle griffin right, yeah you know totally or they'll stop in the hallway and say am i seeing you today do i get to see you today when awesome. am i coming down are you calling me today and yes. all their friends are around so i, I i'm hoping that it's going in the direction of it's not a big deal yes yep. you know and we talk a lot about um you don't need to have something wrong with you mm-hmm. yes to come to therapy right we are very much focused on wellness Mm -hmm. and focused on the positives, right? Resiliency is a huge buzzword right now. How do we help people become more resilient? Hmm. Part of it is just taking ownership in their own stuff. Um, Hey, I am stressed today to the max or um, I'm doing okay today. I want to talk about the positives or yep. I'd like to, you know, rehash this from my earlier childhood or no I just want to talk about how awesome I'm feeling today so it's really about wellness as a whole Mm -hmm. um, and not kind of the old school thinking where you have to have a diagnosis or have something wrong with you yes well and you were telling Emily and I prior to us launching into the podcast about how you actually hate that you have to give diagnoses but explain us yeah a little so um, the way that therapists get paid are through insurance companies, right? Yeah. Right. That's just kind of the name of the game. Right. So an insurance company says you need to have a diagnosis mm. in order to be paid, basically. Just as if you go to the doctor, even if you have a cold, they still need to give you a diagnosis. Yep. Just for any old kind of counseling? Yes. Oh, anything. Geez. Really? Yep. Anything. Okay. So in order to make a living, you have to really give a diagnosis. Okay. And I don't hate diagnoses. Um, I don't like using them because I feel like they inadvertently put stigma yeah. sure, where it doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. But it also, you know, a diagnosis can give us an idea of direction on where to go in counseling okay. based on, you know, certain criteria or characteristics or behaviors. Okay. Yep. And so diagnoses would be what? Um, like um, there are a lot of different categories. There's yeah. depression, mm-hmm. um, anxiety, substance use. Um, there are a lot of personality disorders. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, be like borderline, narcissistic, antisocial. Schizophrenic, bipolar, those things. Those are more in the kind of bipolar um, okay. realm. So they're a little different than a personality disorder. Okay. okay. Yeah. Different. Yep. Interesting. So I would say uh, we've been doing college ministry for years and years and years. And 15 years ago, I wouldn't, maybe not even one of my girls that I'd be working with would go to see a professional counselor or have any sort of diagnosis. In mm-hmm. the last couple of years, the majority come in, they say, I have anxiety. I have, oh, what's the anxiety and 
Well, maybe it's depression, but maybe not. But I feel like everybody's been to a counselor and has some sort of diagnosis, yeah. air quotes. I don't know if it's true or not, mm-hmm. of anxiety. Is that is it on the increase? Is it because... Uh, some Okay, this is my, a couple of my questions. Is anxiety on the increase? Or is this next generation more full of anxiety than others? Or is it because they're going to counseling, they have to get a diagnosis, so then they're labeled with this thing, but really they're the same that I was when I was their age. We just didn't have those. Like even, I, is I, question yep. making sense? Yes. Okay. I, I think it's both. Okay. Right? When it comes to mental health, we can't be black and white. We have to hmm. be very gray. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's both. I think we're in the gray. And anxiety, I do feel, is on the rise. And again, this is my opinion. Okay. Anybody can disagree. And mm-hmm. I, I love when people disagree because it generates really healthy conversation. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of our diagnoses are kind of on the rise Mm -hmm. because of a lot of different factors. Mm -hmm. One of them being more people are talking about it, which is great. Yes. And um, there is a biological component and there is an environmental component to it also. Sure. So do I think our kids are more anxious today than they were 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do. Just because of life. I think because of life, because of the amount of pressure, I think... Um, how busy they are. How busy they are, absolutely. Um, the whole technology Just issue, I'm technology. neither for nor against. I okay. think it can be utilized really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at screen time as as being just kind of that, I'm going to zone out, then then you're getting into a little dangerous territory because it really does affect your brain and okay. the areas of your brain. Um, but if you're using it constructively, mm-hmm. then that's a huge difference. Then you're helping different regions yeah. of the brain. Right. So one thing we know is that um, the overuse of technology, any kind, actually suppresses the empathy the, the part of our brain where empathy is kind of made and yes. processed. Yeah. And so we have a lot more kids who have like zero empathy. Huh. Hmm. And by technology, you mean TV? Yeah, movies, anything. Video, video games. games. Yep. Social media on yes. the phone. Yes. All, all sorts. Yep. It's interesting. Sorts. We will notice in our middle son, Reed, actually our younger two, um, particularly after like playing Xbox, and yes. stuff, he comes upstairs and so crabby and it's not like yes, <laughs> yes crabby and almost looking for a fight yes yeah. both of my kids too i've got mm-hmm. two boys mm-hmm. and they're the same way yeah. and you know we keep playing this game of well we'll, we'll give them a tablet mm-hmm. and then they can't handle it right so we take it away yes. and then we get really hopeful yeah. that yes. maybe they can handle it so we give it back and it's that's where as a therapist, I beat myself up right? as a mom too, because oh, I, sure. I would like them to be able to engage with this. But I know at least for my older son, it just doesn't work for him. Yeah. yeah. It, it just doesn't. It completely shuts him down. Yeah. Yep. That's really interesting because there's, there's, oh, I for sure see the same in my kids. P.S. If like, especially when they were younger, yeah. if they would get up on a Saturday morning and watch TV for three hours straight because I yes. wasn't paying attention or I was sleeping in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had such a bad day after and it was yes. like, what? Why would that affect you so bad? But it did. It just and and it's something biological that happens to their yes. brain, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. And and screen time in general. Um, so this is where part of the substance use um, comes in. Oh, the regions of our brain 
where substance use or addiction is housed or is the emotional part of our brain, the center of our brain, which is also the most powerful part of our brain. So screens Mm -hmm. do the same thing as any other substance. So like something with a dopamine receptor? They tap in to the center Mm -hmm. of the brain that hijacks the rest. And then it's almost like they have to kind of come down. Yes. I have several students actually, and I really applaud, especially Winnicani District, they... um, have taken this whole idea that I have about tech detox and really run with it Hmm. and really um, been extremely helpful Hmm. because I have one, I have a client who, you know, really tech, really tech focused and really addictive behaviors Mm -hmm. around technology use. And um, we've had this client on, this kind of tech detox for the past two months. Okay. And it's incredible, the shift. Really? So, you know, it's taking the principles of substance use and harm reduction and abstinence okay. and applying it to technology, technology. because <laughs> you're shutting down certain receptors in your brain. Okay. And by being abstinent from it and then slowly reintroducing, Mm-hmm. You the brain is coming back online. Huh. Interesting. So, so it, parents are on board at home and Yes. So yep. he, this incredibly this. supportive parents who, okay. you know, and and really they they were having to do um a lot of this kind of management of the addictive behaviors. Totally. Yes. Yep. But it's I mean that's hard work. I just think as a parent, I have a kiddo who's really he loves video games and mm-hmm. he loves technology. And it, some of it's really great. He's yeah. Got, he goes online with a cousin and they're on Minecraft and they're building really cool things. And he doesn't come And that's out of that, constructive time, right? right. That's he doesn't come out of that crabby time. and crazy. Right. Because he's connecting with somebody. Right. He's yeah. engaging with somebody. He's not zoning out. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the big difference. Hmm. That is... So it's interesting that you say that because I notice a difference. If he's doing that, he's talking to his cousin online, they're doing it. Mm-hmm. He comes... He doesn't come out crabby. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes he's just watching Netflix for two hours straight and he right. comes out super crabby. Yeah. But for me, as a parent, they're both they both make my life easier. Right? Absolutely. And right. so I think if you come to a client whose kids having massive behaviors and you say we have to do this tech detox, mm-hmm. that's hard work. It's very hard work. Yeah, because you get. I mean, I'm got to be honest. It's way easier if we have tech time. Absolutely. Right? I, I mean, I'm the same way. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's really hard to practice what you preach. For sure. sure. And totally. so you know, I I feel sometimes like, oh my god, I'm preaching this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I really probably should follow through. Oh. <laughs> right. Um, but that, it is, is hard. That's just real life. You know, and you want them like their friends are playing games, right. and and you know when you. When they go to a friend's house, you don't want them to be like the only kid that isn't playing because then you're opening the door for like, well, why can't I play? What's wrong with me? Uh I have these weird parents. And now we've, this is where my psych brain goes. (laughs) Now we've got a whole slew of problems. Now you've wounded them in a totally different category. Yeah. Yeah, But on the flip side, I'm sitting here thinking just recently, we've started watching Friends as a family, Mm -hmm. like myself and the kids. And my husband, Lauren, will sometimes catch an episode and people can judge because there are some inappropriate things on that show that I had forgotten about, but for the most part, hysterical. And yes. my youngest, Oli, the really bad stuff just goes over. Oh, his head. Yes. No idea, right? No idea. Yeah. But what I have found when we are watching that, it's typically at the end of the night before everyone goes to mm-hmm. bed, 
We are laughing at the things yes. together. Yes. We're sitting and snuggling on the couch so together. So that's connection time. Yes. That's actual- constructive tech time. Okay. So yeah. that would be that because there's a whole different vibe when we're doing that than like if then everyone when is in their and, own yeah. rooms on their device not talking to yes. each other. So, yep. okay. That makes sense to me because it... I, I don't think it's realistic, to, at least for my family, to think, okay, we're never going to be on technology, but to have those different, to differentiate between constructive, constructive and, and passive. passive. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. You know, and it's interesting too, because um, I I also, I coach diving. And so I'm at the high school level and I'm, I'm always trying to use <laughs> my diving girls as well as some of the high schoolers that I see as kind of this barometer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't view their technology like they very much and your daughter too i listened to that podcast and yeah. i got a lot out of what she was one? saying yes yeah. um they really don't view their engagement in social media that's how they relate to each other yeah and so part of me is mm-hmm. also milling around this idea of okay my old school uh-huh. way of thinking maybe isn't very accurate yeah I need to be talking with the kids that are living it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the uh-huh. generation I, yeah. and that is how they relate to each other. Yeah. And they don't necessarily see a problem because on the other side, they'll say, yeah, but if I'm not talking to my friend online, then I'm not talking to anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's how everybody's connecting. And exactly. So we have to, in a way, morph to it or change a little bit of the way we think to be like, it's not all bad. There's Correct. good things right. in it. Absolutely. Right. And then it can obviously... I can see all the ways it lends itself to bad. Yes, yes. Sure. So yeah. it is. it has to be open communication. Yeah, right? and at the end of the day, it's management, right? right? Sure. And it's also teaching your kids how to internally manage yes. some of what they're getting, right? Like yep. just because you don't get 50 likes on your picture doesn't mean that you're not pretty right? right. or that you're not good enough to be liked in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And so I think it's using our adult brain mm-hmm. to help them mm-hmm. in the midst of this storm mm-hmm. yep. that they're going through and learning. It just, it looks different. Well, and I, I heard a speaker one time talking about this and how our generation can come in really negative. So as soon yes. as we're like, oh, you're on your phones again. Right. Mm-hmm. Then we shut down the conversation. Yes. Because yeah. that's, that's not op- in their minds. It's not an option to not be on your technology because it's how they're connected. It's ha- yeah. Right? So if we come in all like, oh, my generation didn't do that. Right. Or it's a good point. Negative. We we lost the, the management capability slash we've lost the conversation because mm-hmm. we shut it down. Mm-hmm. Now, now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sh- we shouldn't shy away from the conversation or have limits. Or right. My kids think I'm psycho because I don't want them to sleep with their phones in their rooms. And I'm like, I think that's a really good thing. Oh, oh yeah. Because, you. because there's also that. really like even just the way technology is made, right? It's, it's the lights yes. and yeah. the type of, um, rays that it's emitting that, totally. that is causing us to not be able to regulate as well. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm a hypocrite because I fall, I have my mm-hmm. phone in my bed, but I don't want them to have theirs. But they were like, oh, how will I have an alarm? I was like, you, you actually have an alarm clock in your room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can teach you how to use right. it. Yeah. They think I'm nuts because they don't know anybody who doesn't have their phone in their room at night. Mm-hmm. Also, really? I'm, well, that's what they say. Huh. But no, I do think that's probably pretty accurate. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like we've never let our fr- kids sleep with their phones. And 
I think most of my kids' friends' parents would say the same unless they're not being Well, honest. maybe it's for the older <laughs> kids know. because mm-hmm. yeah. it may be by high school because my, they're like, Mom, I don't actually know anybody who doesn't sleep with their phone in the, right in their bed on their pillow with them next to them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I'm, I'm like, you don't need it. But, then no. I, but I have mine right next to me, so maybe conviction time. Maybe I need to set mine down a little earlier, too. Yeah. But the new iPhones, they don't have that. You can switch it. Do you know this? No, oh, so that, that blue light doesn't come through. Lighting. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So then yes. now that they feel justified, they're like, well, you just always told us because that blue light made us stay awake or what. I don't know what I told them. But anyway, it it's not the real heart of the issue, right? The heart of the issue is can we be separate from it? Can we can you be alone with your own thoughts as you fall asleep? I think that's another piece of the mm-hmm. puzzle. They want to just be stimulated till they crash. Right, mm-hmm. right. And that's, I mean, that's a really valid point because a lot of kids that I see too, they um, they can't entertain themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they're so overstimulated that that's where their behaviors are coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm really interested in IO psychology, which is the industrial and organizational psychology. Okay. Okay. Um, I've never heard of that. Yeah. So it looks at systems and the breakdown in systems and what it does. So we'll see if I go back for this or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's a long road. But what it does is it takes really a lot of research and statistical information into organizations like school districts Mm -hmm. and saying, this is where the breakdown is, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think hmm. we try to engage so many senses because that's what a lot of research has been about. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing is actually overstimulating our nervous system. Right. Oh. And so kids can't calm down. They don't have that regulation. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, we also have a lot of different you know, traumas Mm -hmm, that kids mm -hmm. are bringing into the classroom. And so we have other kids that have secondary or tertiary trauma. Yep. And then the teacher has to deal with all of this. So then they have all of this, what we call trauma stewardship. Mm -hmm. They have to hold all of that. The teachers. The teachers. Yeah. And then the teachers can't co-regulate with their students because their energy is up because they're just trying to hold it together. Interesting. So I think... Going back to some of our the old school practices, huh. you know, and I was reading an article about how silence, um, our brain picks up on silence <laughs> and how important it is to just have silence. Oh, crap. And I know I get in the car and I immediately turn on the radio. Right. Yeah. And this is where my... Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> right? Then I get. I'm like, oh, and you yeah. should You're not totally be too hard on yourself because you also are just human, and you're a human mom right. living in this day and age where we are. And sometimes I need the noise. radio on to not hear my children. That's right, right. <laughs> right? Sure. And sometimes yeah. we all need the distraction. Like yes. the distraction sometimes is just nice, but it's when we are unable to sit in silence yes. and stillness, right? That we realize, wow, things have really changed because I remember my youth very much to be like we were outside a ton, but Mm -hmm. there was definitely times like I never had, we never had a radio on at home growing up. Mm -hmm. TV sometimes, but there was never just like constantly music playing. Mm -hmm. There was no Alexa for me to walk immediately upon walking into my kitchen. I'm like, Alexa, turn on such and such music, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. I was like, my hopes for my senior year of high school was to get a stereo from Christmas so I could have music at college. <laughs> right. Yeah. We didn't just have any old device in right. your hands. Stacey and I talk about this a lot. I struggle with sitting in silence. I just sure. don't do it. It just doesn't happen. I can be still, but I can't be silent. She doesn't struggle with silence, but she struggles with still. So that's just but how, so. how you're wired, right? right? Right. So, and it's, 
and part of that's normal, but I think there is high value in silence. Mm -hmm. And I think it physically does something to you, your brain, Mm -hmm. your mind, your heart, all Mm -hmm. of it when you can sit in silence. And so, but there is no silence for our kids, right? Not, not really. Yeah. Especially once they get an iPhone. Or some sort of phone because then yep. even you're picking them up from picking my kids up from school. They sit in. They hi mom, how are you? Hi, great. How was your day? Good. And then the phones are immediately in hand mm-hmm, and they're watching totally. videos or playing a game. And I have to be. It's just another thing to manage. Yes. And sometimes as parents, we get exhausted at the management of everything, but we really just have. It's part of our job. Yes. The battle and the management. And yeah, it is. I'm curious about, you've talked about trauma. Mm-hmm. I know there are different, like the ACE score. I've heard mm-hmm. about the ACE test and I think it's fascinating. Can you yeah. talk a little oh, bit? Cause oh, because you guys have talked about. Did we talk did about we? trauma? It I think you've talked about up. the ACEs. Yes. Have you talked about the ACEs before? It might have come up. I, I just know Briefly. like a very good friend of mine, Heather, yes. is, a, is a family practice doctor yes. in Fond du Lac. She's really well informed on ACEs tests. My mother-in-law has mentioned it before. So anyway, I I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but I don't know. Tell us about it, and I want. I'm just curious. I I suspect that the amount of trauma that we see in the world now has really climbed. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. not. I don't so, know. So so I'll ask you guys a question. Okay. What is the definition of trauma? Oh. Mm. Something traumatic happens to you. I Can you use the word in the word? Yeah. The yeah, definition? yeah. Absolutely. I would say it's an event or an experience that is something that has then formed the way you relate to, react to, or intuit certain situations in the future. But it has to, I think it probably has to depend on personality somewhat because the same event could happen to Stacy and feel traumatic and it could happen to me and not feel traumatic, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, like I think divorce is considered a trauma for a child. So like Mm -hmm. is... I think there are there are some kids who maybe have weathered the storm. Their resiliency is higher. Resiliency is mm-hmm. higher. Okay. Yes. So are trauma is anything that overwhelms the brain's natural ability to cope. Okay. Oh. So it is sense. different for everybody, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, resiliency is your internal ability to overcome adversity. Okay. Okay. So... With from the trauma lens, there are big T's and little T's. Okay, big T's are the major events, right? War, poverty, abuse, assault, things like that. Okay. Those are kind of those big T's, mm-hmm. and that can also be the victim or be witness to. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, little T's are kind of the day in and day out repetitive things that are overwhelming mm-hmm. for somebody's coping. Okay, so divorce that could either be a big t or a little t right maybe the divorce wasn't a big deal to me but having to go back and forth every Mm -hmm. weekend Mm -hmm. is really overwhelming me Mm -hmm. okay Okay. so that's a repetitive little t okay um let's say i have parents that just bicker all the time they don't have these huge blowouts but there's just always this tension that's a repetitive little t Mm -hmm. okay so the little T's um, kind of fall into this category of like complex developmental trauma. Okay. So we see so many kids that fit this category. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's not one event. There's not one major thing. Mm-hmm. It's just these repetitive, you know, scenarios yeah. or experiences that they're having that 
they can't deal with. Okay. They don't know how to deal with, you know, and, and then they get to school and their teacher sees a behavior problem. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe their parents were bickering again this morning. And this is something that happens day in and day out. Yes. Right? Like when you guys hear your kids fighting all the time, right. don't you want to pull your hair out? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's kind of the same hmm. concept. Yeah. Right? So um, the ACEs study was, I, I love it. It was um, kind of a combination from the medical world okay. and then the mental health world that came together. And practitioners give their um, their patients this test. It's a 10-question test and it has things like were your parents ever divorced okay um did anybody hit or yell at you did you ever have a parent with a substance problem mm-hmm. and mm. for every one that you say yes you get a one okay okay and what they know is that if you score four or higher out of the ten mm-hmm. your likelihood for medical chronic health concerns skyrocket. Oh, interesting. And so I love it because it's really bringing together um, the mind-body connection. And and that really is the way that things are going too, is, you know, you you hear a lot about the gut-brain connection. Yes. The gut is our our primitive brain. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So when we were cavemen, (laughs) how did you know if you were in trouble? You were hungry. <laughs> you like yes. that saying of I, I just feel it in my gut. I feel, feel it. it. Yep. Yeah. It's my gut instinct, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so um, you know, we our our brain still very much works the same way and hmm. our gut works the same way. Uh yeah. I That's have a amazing. kid who gets the big D, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Every mm-hmm. time he's really nervous. Yes. yes. It's so connected, yep. right? Yep, absolutely. And it, uh, we won't I won't know he's nervous, but all of a sudden he's in the bathroom for a long time and I'm right? like, What's going on? And then and then it will come out. Something made him really anxious or nervous. So, mm-hmm. so that's awesome for you as a mom. That's like how yeah. tuned in you are to well, him that you can say, okay, I see this physical symptom and I know that that usually means he's stressed out about something. So now yeah. I can talk to him about what he's stressed out about. Yeah. Yeah. It sometimes is also that he ate too much cheese, but that is also, but, <laughs> but <it's, laughs> both things. I think that's really interesting. My, and then on the flip side, my oldest Ellie that you referred to, she, yeah just recently signed up for a kickboxing class because she was like, I feel awesome. like I know I have some aggression. I, some Her schools, nervous system is buzzing and she yeah. needs to get it out. So she said, mm-hmm. I want to punch something. Mm-hmm. And so therefore I think, so I, I thought that's a really healthy choice. So Absolutely. she signed up for this kickboxing class. Yeah. Tiny little girl. She can't move after her first two classes, by the way, because she's, Cause she's out so of shape. Sore. She's so sore. <laughs> but that's a good feeling though. Totally. And I just, I loved that her body, she was able to recognize that her body was yes. feeling that way she yeah. needed it meant something else is going on and I think that's one big thing that we can do a better job as of as parents and adults mm-hmm. is teaching our kids or even those around us yeah. our best friends or whomever to just pay attention to what their body is telling them yeah you know yes. if you know that your tummy is upset and you've got something that you're nervous about how can you calm down your stomach because that will inadvertently help bring down that anxiety too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I just had this thought is if we have so many options of how to distract ourselves right mm-hmm. now, like way different than when we were kids. Right. Is, is the anxiety on the rise connected to, we have these feelings like I feel sick to my stomach yeah, or, and then we avoid them. or something and we avoid them. And mm-hmm. there's a plethora of options of how to yes. avoid it right now. Right. And so, whereas maybe back before all the technology that's out there, Sometimes maybe you just were forced to deal with it because you 
Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to blame it. Maybe. No, but. I think you're spot on. And a lot of what we do in the trauma world is helping teach people how to sit with their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, that I One story, when, when my son was three, and I always just kind of avoid that he's growing up, growing up, growing up. Mm-hmm. And when he was three, I remember sitting in his room and I just was like overcome with sadness Mm -hmm. that he's growing up and he's not my little infant anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try and, you know, walk the talk. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit with this feeling. And it was incredible to me how fast it came and then left. It was literally three minutes. I I just allowed myself to feel sick to my stomach, to feel sad, to get a good cry out. Yeah. And then after it left, I was like, wait, I think I want to keep crying. But I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because the feeling had gone. Yeah. And so it's a lot of teaching people, let's just sit with your emotion, whatever it is. Yeah. An emotion is just an emotion. Yes. Okay. So actually, talk about that a little more. I've been thinking about this because I I would like to avoid painful emotions as Stronger than most, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've been thinking, people have been saying, you got to sit in it. You just have to sit yes. there. So then I, I'm like, but w- actually, really, what does that mean? What does that mean to sit in it? Because I think if I sit in it, then I'll probably become a depressed person and I'll never be able to get out of it. So you're just saying you just allowed yourself to be like, okay, I'm sad. Yeah. And just acknowledge that. Just acknowledge the feeling, let it come, let it do its thing, and then leave. And have the good cry or yep. mm-hmm. go or or else? be angry and go sit in your car and scream to okay. you know a heavy metal song or something just <laughs> yeah. allow yourself to express that and get it out and then because you're giving your permission to feel yes. as a human being mm-hmm. one one analogy i like to give um feelings are like food okay okay so you you put something in your mouth and you taste it mm-hmm. right and you swallow it and it goes down and your body digests it and it keeps what it needs mm-hmm. and then it expels the rest. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feelings are the exact same. Mm-hmm. Feelings have to metabolize in your body in order to leave. So okay. a feeling comes in, you can kind of taste it, you let it go down, your body maybe holds on to what it needs and then it needs to leave. It needs to expel. Yeah. Crying. This is why we have a lot of bedwetting problems. The mm. body keeps the score. So kids, I'm going to segue for a second. Kids that are really stressed mm-hmm. typically are the kids who have bedwetting issues. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Because their body is trying to expel yes. the stress or the anxiety or whatever, yeah. or constipation or diarrhea, whatever. Right. Um, so going back then, if you can give yourself permission to really let that feeling metabolize, Mm -hmm. it'll leave. It'll Hmm. be gone. And And you don't need to be afraid of it. Right. And if you don't, then you get constipated. So I used to tell my divers, (laughs) you need to have good emotional diarrhea. You need to just like (laughs) let it out Uh and go because Uh I, there's, they're so tense and they're so stressed. Mm -hmm. And I actually have seen a huge difference in my divers six years ago versus my divers today. Really? Their stress levels seem to be so high and they seem to just keep swallowing the stress Uh and keep, like now than they did then. Yes. Like I just need to, I just need to keep going. I need to keep doing this instead of like, okay, how could I de-stress? Right. So how do we help our, how do we 
help our kids do this? Like, how do we, I'm just thinking about my Mm -hmm. 17 year old son. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) If I'm like, Hey bud, let's just sit in these emotions. He's going to like, get away from me. me. (laughs) Yes. What is wrong with you? But I think obviously it's our job to help them learn that. Yeah. So, so I think it's asking them, Hey, what do you need? What do you need? Or really a lot of times, um, teaching parents how to reflect what they're seeing onto mm-hmm. their kids because especially adolescence, mm-hmm. their brains are so chaotic mm-hmm. and really they're not equipped to handle the information that's coming at them. Okay. Yeah. And so if you as a parent or a caregiver can act as a mirror okay. for your kid, yeah. that's huge. Like you can say, hey, okay, you're totally snipping at me. Right. Yeah. What was today like? Yeah. Mm. Or do you know that you're kind of really yelling at your sister a lot? Hmm. You know, because a lot of times they just are acting. Yes. They're not even aware Mm -hmm. that it's tied to anything. But your adult brain Mm -hmm. can help them recognize that a little better. And then say, hey, if you just need to go sit in your room for five minutes, or if you need to go for a walk, or come here, let's sit down and just do Mm -hmm. something. Because some kids need connection and other kids need isolation Space. for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, I'm feeling super convicted as I sit here and listen just about the space at home that I've been providing for my kids mm-hmm. lately of it being more on the intense side, mm-hmm. more um, kind of rigid. And also we've been, my husband and I have become very punishment based, mm-hmm. right? Like where everything's going to have a consequence now versus creating space for me to because to, to be mm-hmm. honest, I'm exhausted of the different outbursts and the different emotional mm-hmm. needs. Sometimes I feel super unequipped to meet those. Mm-hmm. So the the my gut is just or like my initial reaction is stop picking on your brother, uh-huh. or you're going to lose Xbox for tonight yeah. or whatever the case may be. Like I yeah. just we need to revamp my husband and I need to revamp the space that we're creating, and I think just our emotional. Um, like the the conversation and the words that we're using with our kids to get out of that habit because I sense that they're I don't think we're creating space for our kids. To say what's going on or why is yeah. this happening. And mm-hmm. you want, yeah. gosh, if my kids are going to have an outburst, I'd rather it be at home. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's safe and they're not disrupting a classroom. So or, remind me how old your kids are. So daughter is 14. Okay. And she's very steady, steady Susan. Uh-huh. Um very rarely do I see glimpse, but she holds things. She she she's wired fairly tight on herself. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. when I do see the outburst, it's more of a, I'm overwhelmed. I'm not doing as well in every single thing I want to be doing yes. well, and she's hurt on herself that mm-hmm. way. So she's more that way. Where I think my son Reed, who's 11, mm-hmm. um, he will have he will tick along fine for a little while. He actually that's not true. He's more up and down, right? Mm-hmm. On a daily basis it drives my husband and I crazy because <laughs> we don't know what read we're going to get. Right. Mm-hmm. He's just wired a little more emotional. Yeah. And I'll find myself at times being like, "Can you just stop?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop with the emotions. <laughs> like yes. You're too much sometimes, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's probably how he has to process. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, cut yourself slack too, mm-hmm. right? right? Because the way you parent uh, a tween or a teenager has to be different than how you parent a younger child. Yeah, mm-hmm. Younger children need boundaries, structure, consequences, Okay, right? Yep. So Older my eight-year-old teen- is still in that realm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because um, boundaries keep kids feeling safe yes. and mm-hmm. secure. 
these are your boundaries. You can go anywhere within there. Mm-hmm. But if you step outside, there is a consequence. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so God, mm-hmm. parent it. Why do we even do this? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> why do we even parent? <laughs> good question. I mean, sometimes I look at my husband I'm like, what did we do? Yeah. yeah. And you knew better. You're <laughs> well, the expert. Yes. Well, yeah, I'm not is, an expert. That actually my reassuring, kids, Lindsay, though, that you're like, yes, yeah. parenting's really hard and tricky. And on a daily basis, we're not always getting it right. No. It's like, and what works today is not going to work in five minutes. Yes. Correct. So it's just, I don't know why we do it to ourselves. Yes. <laughs> Well, which is why I'm thankful for people like you, because I feel like one thing that we did say early in our parenting was like, let's get our kids in counseling as soon as we can, because we just know that we need other people that they can bounce things off of and talk things through. And Mm -hmm. I I love that you're available in the schools. That's such an amazing thing, because I feel like every every human being needs counseling. We need somebody to reflect back to us and ask us the right questions. Yes. Obviously, as parents, that's what we want to be, too, but... You know, and I really applaud parents like you because I I have also, you know, with this influx of anxiety and everything else, Mm -hmm. we have really also had a lot of calls, especially Mm -hmm. from moms Mm -hmm. of tween girls Mm -hmm. who are like, there's really not this major problem, Mm -hmm. but they need somebody other than mom to talk to. And so... I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's so amazing that that's the way people's mentality is going is really it's this wellness. Mm-hmm. It's not an illness. Yes. Yeah. I love that take on it, actually. Mm-hmm. Can you give me an idea? So there's a mom out listening right now or a dad, mm-hmm. and they're like, I think my kid could benefit from this. Sorry, my stomach's growling. Um, <laughs> do amazing. you give us an idea of what that would look like the first time their kiddo walks into your office, what's going to happen? Well, um, usually we start with an intake, okay. right? So if it's a kid, I, I prefer to just meet with a parent so that the kid oh, doesn't okay. feel interrogated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, connection and rapport is key. Okay. So that's why I like to do an intake with a parent first, because okay. I'm going to ask demographic information, trauma history information, family trauma. I'm going to go back to in utero, okay. right? That's a thing in utero trauma. Oh, wow. And really attachment. It, okay. It's really important. I think in our adoption learning, we've just read a ton about yes. that, that. Even mm-hmm. if in the best case scenario that the adoptive parents pick the kid up at the hospital, they're in the room when the yeah. baby's born, there's still is trauma that's yes. happening because of Absolutely. whatever circumstance brought them to adoption. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think we forget too that even if you have a stressful pregnancy, those stress hormones oh. are going to the baby. Hmm. Wow. Right? Like I swear that's why my oldest is anxiety ridden. I'm anxiety ridden. Okay. And I think I gave him <laughs> all of that. that Where my younger, that was so much more of a relaxed pregnancy. And he just could care less about a ton of stuff. Okay. However, you have to be careful with that type too. Yeah. yeah. Because they could be the stuffers. Yeah. That's true. You know, whereas I think I'd rather have somebody who's expressive in their emotions mm-hmm. yes. rather than what is going on inside. Oh, for, for sure. sure. I, w- yeah. One of my kiddos, he, <laughs> I was going to try and make it anonymous, but I said he, so whatever. <laughs> um, like I would have thought he's very even keeled to me. He doesn't mm-hmm. cause us a lot of stress. He's a good student. He's awesome. And so we're doing some talking one day and I was like, are you kind of an anxious person? And he was like, oh, I'm super anxious. And I was like, no, you're what? Yeah. And he's like, oh, but he's a stuffer. So sure. he's actually probably one of our more anxious kids, but you would never see it on the outside. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate it because I'm like, 
then as a mom, I'm like, oh, hey, tell me, how are you doing? Hey, right, we go to fix it mode. Right, and he's an older kid, and he's like, mm, don't, nope, I'm not talking with you about <laughs> yeah. it. I keep shoving it. Um, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. So... I gather a lot of that info without Mm -hmm. the kid. But if it's a teenager, uh, they're always invited in, no matter how old. You can either come or you don't have to come. Most Mm -hmm. of them choose not to, quite frankly, because it's just kind of boring. And then when the child comes in, we really hit the ground running. Hmm. So I talk with them about why do you want to be here? Why do you mm-hmm. not want to be here? Oh, good. Right? Yeah. I had a um, new client who really resistive, okay. uh, kind of caught off guard about counseling. Oh. And I just... So it was initiated by the parents. Mm-hmm. Like, you and need to so, do okay. And then I was, you know, the bad guy. Yep. Um, but immediately, I just was like, why do you not want to be here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give it. me all Get these reasons. Mm-hmm. And then why do you think you might benefit and the the what they came up with outweighed why they didn't want to. Okay. But they didn't even know it probably until you asked the question. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really those first sessions with the client is about establishing rapport okay. and connection. People need to know you care yes. before mm-hmm. they care what you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so um, really focused on that. Okay. And then based on what they're giving me and kind of the energy and the vibe, we tailor their mm-hmm. sessions. Okay. And how transparent are you with the parents? Is that like how much can you disclose to them? Mm-hmm. How much can't you? So it totally depends, okay. right? Um, HIPAA, again, has certain guidelines. Yet when you're 14, you can consent for treatment on your own. Okay. Yet you're still a minor. Yeah. So what I really like to instill in my especially teenage clients is if I think something is important, to talk about with your family or caregiver, you will always know first. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to go behind your back because you do have a right to privacy. Yeah. And our intake paperwork, the parents actually sign that they understand that. Okay. And that, you know, there's a lot of custody stuff too. Sure. Sometimes. So we oh, say geez. right off the bat, we're not getting involved in the custody stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's not what this is. Right. My goal is for the child. Yes. Not he said, she said, noise. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So parents who might be getting a divorce, child's going to therapy. Yes. They're hoping that you're going to lean one way or the other, yes. that this kid belongs with this parent. Yes. I yes. See. And we've do, been doing more and more work with guardian ad litems, oh, okay. which I think is really beneficial. I appreciate that. But it also puts us in a really tricky spot mm-hmm. because yes. that's not my job. Got right. It. Right. And I wouldn't want that job. Yes. I can't mm-hmm. imagine. So anyways, um, totally lost my train of thought just that you you, if you share with the parents or not if you share oh yes yes so the child or adolescent will always know yeah and i'll and i'll have a conversation with them about this is why it's important that Mm -hmm. we talk about this yeah and we can maybe reframe things in a gentler way so that you don't feel so nervous or attacked or whatever them craft how they're going to say it. yeah because they have to learn that too yeah you're going to have conflict throughout your life for sure so you might as well start learning it now yeah i mean how to fight fair and nobody's telling you you have that your parent is right or your parent is wrong but you do need to express your feelings and your emotions because that's your perception yes that's amazing. That is cool. Yeah. And I, I I imagine based on the age, like you would treat my 14-year-old daughter in a completely different way sure. than my 8-year-old son yes. too, yeah. based yes. on just what their emotional IQ yes. is at the time and stuff. 
And, you, and then me different as well. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, gosh, I want to turn 2020 into Potter family emotional wellness <laughs> year. And like just to say, because I think if I were to say to any of my children, like, hey, I think you sh- would really benefit from talking to Lindsay, who's a mental health counselor. I, I think they'd be like, I don't need to do For that. What? Exactly. Right. But I just think getting them in the door to, to talk things through mm-hmm. and just, Again, every reason that we've said already yeah. would be great. And I'd be curious to see if we started that up regularly. Do people usually meet with you once a week, once a month? Starting out, I love um, every week okay. because I'm really getting to know them. Yeah. And then we just kind of book out every week for the first month. Okay. And then we reassess and maybe we taper down or maybe we keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have several people um, who come, not just to me, but our clinic, and they'll call and say, I just need like once a month. Mm-hmm. And then after the first month, they're like, I think I'm going to come every other week. Yes. Yeah. And, or it's, hey, I've met my deductible. Can I start coming every week now instead of every other <laughs> right, week? Right. You know, so yeah. I think it, it totally depends. Does and most it, insurance cover it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just finding a place that co- takes your insurance probably. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And okay. what about timing? Like, is it 30 minute, 45 hour long? What do you do? Anywhere between 45. Usually the kids we do shorter okay mm-hmm. you know because that's about all we can get them to stick with mm-hmm. and then um 60 minutes usually for adults for adults okay. and um we do at, at least at our clinic and i know several other clinics in the area too um really are focusing more on less verbal therapy mm. and more play and art based okay. nonverbal therapies yes which is equally important so you're kids especially the younger ones or the older ones encourage them to play more Mm -hmm. because play is self-directed exposure therapy so they Hmm. are working through their stuff without even knowing it that's interesting so i might get a kid in session and we're playing with army guys or lincoln logs and i'm sure the parents are like this is not therapy i'm like okay well let's look at the theme yeah. That came up. Uh-huh. There was a lot of this soldier needs to be protected mm. or this house has no windows in it, right? Closed fortress. Uh-huh. And now mm-hmm. you're really seeing into kind of some of the psyche yeah, or the subconscious. Absolutely. So how revealing. That reminds me, my dad was as he's gone now, but he was was a recovering alcoholic. He went mm-hmm. into treatment when I was, I don't know, five, six or seven, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. But I remember very clearly going to a counselor one time and learned later that I had drawn a picture of our, they just had me draw a picture of our family. Yeah. And I had drawn our whole family and my dad, but my dad was standing a little bit farther away from mm-hmm. the family and the counselor talking to my mom, like that was kind of a big deal and yeah. it probably resurfaced some of how I was feeling. And I, I mean, absolutely. So you're art mm-hmm. therapy. Yes. Yep. So my master's is in art therapy and yeah. I use it all the time. That's so awesome. like draw a picture of this or. Yep. Or we have specific assessments that okay. we do. Okay. Um, Ah, we should do one sometime. That'd be really cool. Yeah, because I have a really fun one. Um, But they're all, they all serve a purpose. And especially art therapy is about the process, not the product. Okay. So... Art. So for those people like me who are like, I suck at art. I can't yep. draw at all. It really I just has say I don't. Do with that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I draw stick people. Every time I draw a griffin, it's like a circle and four <laughs> legs and a blob of and a, body. a blob. Yeah. yeah. Um. So art and play, they tap into the part of the brain that holds emotion and stores emotion. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to get both hemispheres working okay. together. And if we focus so much on the verbal we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're not tapping into the emotion. 
Oh, so stuff is going to resurface yes. if we're only talk, 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 talking yeah. that about it. That makes a ton of sense to me, actually. Do you mm-hmm. do it with adults, too? Yeah, absolutely. You can. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Can you just come back on and do a therapy session with us? Yeah, time? absolutely. Oh, yeah. We'll, so do, we'll do an art therapy. We'll do <laughs> awesome. some assessments because they're, they're actually, they're, they're pretty fun. And um, I had one client who she asked for like the script uh-huh. that I read because she got so much out of it she was just going to take it to her kids yeah. and have them do it because it's really it's not necessarily that a counselor has to administer it yeah. it's just like really great self-reflection oh, that that's so amazing cool. mm-hmm. i'm in i have loved everything about this podcast i love the information mm-hmm. i you're so smart about all of this mm-hmm. you can tell that you I don't know. Well, okay. I'm not going to bash myself. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I don't know if I'm smart about this. I'm, I'm really passionate yes. about oh, it. Yeah. Um, and I'm really passionate about people taking care of people yes. yeah. and this whole idea of self-care. I think if we can really shift it to be community care, mm. I think that's really, huh. really important. How do we take care of ourselves? We've gotten so far away from our roots of it takes a village. Yes. Yeah. We need to go back to that. Absolutely. I think. And that's, one reason I'm so thankful that you two exist mm. and that this podcast exists because I, that's what you're doing without yeah. ever, without knowing it, mm. you are helping other people take tidbits of information or connection. Mm. And that's huge. Well, thank well, you. That so feels really good I, to hear. I applaud thank you guys. You. Really. I think that I appreciate you saying that a ton and I just, it's true. We just feel like the more we hear people's stories and the more we're in it with other people, just Everything changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walls come down. Empathy increases as empathy increases. Relationships get deeper. Mm-hmm. We get the deeper stuff. And so, yeah. And I do think, you know, is we have pe- people who listen from all over the country. Right. My friend Katerina listens in Belgium. But the majority of our listeners are Around right here, here in the Fox Valley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly Oshkosh. So mm-hmm. it's resonating with people in this community. Right. And that's huge because I want people to start being more aware of that. And like you said, forming mm-hmm. that village and caring more about what's happening right here in our own backyard. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we can, it's so important to be globally focused in many, many ways. But but we have to start for sure. small too. Yes. You know, and That's taking care of our of community. Great value. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you, if, if you're not smart, you're faking us out pretty good. Yeah. You fake it till you make you it. You have such a right? wealth of knowledge <laughs> and you make it very easy to understand mm-hmm. and it feels very approachable and it doesn't feel scary at all. So well, thank you. Cause sometimes I feel like I get really wordy. Oh no, no, no okay. not at all. I have loved it. And I totally. wish we could talk to you for another hour, I know. but I know everyone's You guys got, are so yeah. comfortable to talk oh to. Gosh. So well, thank you. I actually think we could, we could go in many directions with this. So we'll yeah. have you back on again, Lindsay. Yeah, absolutely. Such a treat. Any last things that you would want to say I think really just I mean take care of each other yeah. you know mm-hmm. um no matter what you're going through just yeah. take care of each other so support the positives and support the negatives and everything mm-hmm. in between yeah I saw this is random I saw this like cartoon on Facebook this morning and there's a man holding hanging over a cliff holding a woman who's falling off the cliff and he's holding her hands and she in front of her, there's like a place she could step, but there's a snake on it, but he can't see the snake. And then on top of him is a, a boulder. So he can't really move. So he's holding her. Anyway, the whole point of the graphic was like, you can't see what other person's going through, but right. we have to help each other. Yep, and so absolutely. he couldn't see that she couldn't crawl up because of a snake. She couldn't see that he couldn't pull her because of a rock. But we need to ask questions and get in each other's lives because it, it will have some sort of circumstance yes. that everybody else can't yeah. see. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it was a silly little cartoon, but I thought... 
it, it made sense to me that everybody's going through something. Yeah. And we can't see it. But if we ask questions and we enter and we take care of each other, like you said, it changes everything. Yeah. It does. And so. And just sitting with somebody, right? Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. They can't see or, you know, communicate why the other can't move, but yep. they're still holding on to each other. Mm-hmm. Totally. So they're still supporting each other. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And my other conclusion is every classroom needs a dog. Right? Uh, no, yes. Kidding. Yes. How can we get a dog in every classroom? That's, yeah. that's that'll be our next thing. Oshkosh anyway. School District too. We need to get more people like you in there. That's huge. So for yeah. sure. It's another well, goal. Thank Makes you guys. Oh, thank we, you. This has been really yes. fun. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Lindsay, so much. What a fun and just uh, mentally stimulating conversation. Uh, we love you, friends. Thanks for listening, Stacy and I. Just appreciate when you give us so much awesome feedback and send us text messages or emails. We appreciate it a ton. So follow us on Instagram and Facebook at What's It Like with Stacey and Emily. And don't forget to order your pasties, uh, RigoniBakery.com, R-I-G-O-N-I Bakery.com. And in the promo code, put in W-I-L for What's It Like. You'll get 10% off. All right, friends. We love you. Have a great week. Bye.